how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. This week on The Colin and Samir Podcast, we take a question from Anchor that inspired the topic for the episode, self-doubt. Self-doubt is something that we all deal with in some capacity, but it's especially relevant for creators and artists. We deal with self-doubt on a regular basis, and we actually share some stories from our own personal experience with the emotion. We also give advice on how to deal with self-doubt and give you guys an update on our skydiving experience last week, which also had to do with self-doubt. Just a quick note before we get into the episode, just want to say thanks to everyone who reviewed the podcast last week and everyone who has left us a voice message on Anchor. We seriously appreciate all the support and we absolutely love the community that we're building through this podcast. All right, here is this week's episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. All right, we're going to try and make it through this podcast quickly because Colin has a Game of Thrones party to make it to. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's really important. I'm two hours out now from stressed episode four. No, not stressed. Can't wait. You seem stressed. A little okay. stressed because I this. need to prepare a food item, but we won't go into that. Um, all right. So this week on the podcast, we are going to talk about self-doubt. Self-doubt, it's uh, something that is just a huge part of, I think, everyone's lives, especially if you're an artist or a creative. That's a huge part. And a lot of this stems because of a question we got through the Anchor voice messages from Ray Combs. Here's the question. Hey, Colin and Smear. My name's Ray. I'm from Tennessee. Uh, I'm big fans, by the way. I've been watching y'all since uh, you first started YouTube. I saw it because of Kate. I saw y'all suggest it because of Casey. But my question is: is how do you find the motivation to produce content when you know it's subpar and it's bad? Like you know it's not like good. Like whenever I try to make a video, I get motivated and I'm like, I want to make this, but. I see, like, myself in it, and I just can't, like, I'll start, like, look, looking back at the footage, and I just can't edit it, because it's not, like, up to the quality that I want it to be. How do I leap, like, jump that hurdle? I just wondered if y'all have any tips. Thanks. It's a great question. I mean, it's a, uh, it's something that I think is just very relevant, again, across all parts of life. Like, I think as time has gone on, we've become much more self-aware just because of the way the internet works, like the way we can watch what other people are doing. There's so much access to kind of brand yourself and put yourself out there. Like all these things make you way more self-aware, which I think brings in a lot more self-doubt across the board. I would say if anything, I've only become more comfortable with the idea that I have self-doubt and more comfortable noticing when I have it. So, Ray, I want to answer your question, but I want to kind of bring us through a couple of stories and and uh, related topics to self-doubt, and then we'll end by answering your question specifically about creation and video creation. 
But to start, if you were listening to the podcast last week, you know that we had a lot of doubt about the experience we were going to have skydiving. And we spent a whole podcast talking about like how we didn't want to go, yeah. how... It wasn't even just about the fear around going. It was about the choice to spend the time doing it. Is this what I want to be doing? So yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of doubt on that mm-hmm. last podcast. A lot of doubt. And let's walk through that experience. <laughs> so 6.30 in the morning, I pick up Colin uh, to go skydiving on Sunday morning, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's Amar's 25th birthday. I pick Colin up at 6.30. We get to Venice around 7.00. We meet up at the Yes Theory house. Uh, we're all together. And to be honest, my doubt in the experience is rising by the minute. Meaning, meaning not doubt, my fear. My fear and my reasoning behind why I'm doing it, all of it is just like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And the next couple hours only amplified all of that. Yeah. It turned out there were a mix of people who had never been skydiving before who were there. And so in that sense, I felt a little bit like a veteran, felt comfortable. But there were also some people there who were going for their third or fourth time. And specifically, we talked to Mia. Yeah. And Mia told us that it gets scarier your second time. <laughs> the worst thing about my conversation with Mia, Mia is um, Titty, who's the editor Matt's. for Yes Theory. <laughs> Matt, Matt Daher from Yes Theory, his younger brother, who's the editor for Yes Theory, his girlfriend. And she's talking to me and she's like kind of giving me some confidence. She's like, listen, the place we're going to is so safe. It's where all the celebrities go. There's their military instructors, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, skydive Elsinore, right? And she goes, oh, we're going to Elsinore. And I was like, wait, what? Is that not the same place you're talking about? She was like, oh, ah, no, no, it's not. But I'm sure I'm sure it's also safe. I'm sure it's good. And then I found out that they had recently had an incident at Elsinore, which was not good. Thankfully, you kept that information. I kept that to me. myself. I saw when that information was delivered to you because yes. you went totally pale. Yes. Yeah. But I did not. I think I asked, but then I realized I didn't want to know. You didn't want to know. So then I knew something was up. <laughs> we go to skydive Elsinore and... They make us watch this. I'm not even going to call it a safety video no. because it's more of a... It was unsafe to watch this that video. unsafe yeah. type of yeah. thing. And then you have to, on camera, deliver these words that just you know express that you have read the contract and you understand that they are not liable for anything and that you can die today. And that and you're doing filming it, you. Yeah, they're filming you on this like weird handy cam. And it's like, you have to say, I'm doing this on my own free will. <sighs> You have to say, like, I accept all risk. I'm doing this on my own free will. You sign, like, 18 waivers saying, like, I'm going to die today. It's so insane. Self-doubt rising. Why? 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 To the point where everyone's laughing, but by the time everyone goes through that experience, I mean, 50% of the crowd was calling their parents. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, outside. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on the phone with their parents. And Amar is, like, hyped. He's, like, yelling. He's, like, super hyped. Then Amar's instructor comes over, who's, like, the skydive head. And he's like, for, for, like he comes over and he's, he's exactly what you would imagine. His name's Sean McDonald, I think. Anyway, if you watch, there's a video of him skydiving into Will Smith's backyard. Uh, he's just like super extreme, super extreme. One of the most ripped guys I've he's ever seen. He's also jacked. Yeah. And at some point, his shirt just came off. Yeah, out of, out of nowhere. But anyway, he stands in front of everyone. And he's like, you know, guys, like Amar planned out this amazing adventure for all of you guys. And... You know, because it's Amar, we're going to do something we've never done before. And I was like, what? wait, what? Why? Why, are we, why don't we just do the normal? Why are we going to do that? Why are we doing that? Yeah. 
So we find out we're doing a skydiving first for this guy who's gone skydiving a million times and is a professional. He literally was like, I've skydived for 25 years and I've never done what we're about to do. I was like, what? Why? Why? Who needs it? Yeah. (laughs) Who's this for? (laughs) Turns out what we were doing was we were flying two planes up at the same time. Yeah. And we were in very close proximity to each other, which was an incredible thing to look at. Yeah. Where we start, we're going up the door to our plane. I'm in a plane with Samir. Our Mm -hmm. door's open. Amar and the rest of the crew are in the other plane. Door is open. Samir is grasping. I'm grasping the bench. I'm sitting on the floor. On the edge of the plane, looking out. On the edge of the plane... I'm sitting on the floor and we're flying with the door open. So the last time we went skydiving, I was in the back of the plane. I didn't even see the door until I left the plane. But this time, the whole way up, I have the door open and I can just like it's insane to fly in a in an airplane. It does not look like real life, and I think for that reason, I have not been that scared once I get on the plane. Yeah, because I just have nothing to compare it to. It does right. not look yeah, like yeah. real life. You like can't believe life. you're in this tiny plane with the door open, yeah. looking down at what you know you've never even seen. It's so far. The interesting thing about skydiving is I tip, like two t- both times I've gone, I've had so much fear leading up to the moment I enter the plane. Once I enter the plane, there's this weird commitment, right? It's like yeah. this, oh, like I'm in here now. Like there's nothing I can do. I'm in here now. And I started doing circular breathing, which is like imagine your breath in a circle and you take a really deep breath and you let it out and you keep the circle going. You just keep doing deep breathing. And then the guy who's connected to me on my back swings my legs over outside of the plane. Now my legs are outside of the plane. I have nothing to hold on to anymore. Basically, my body is outside of the plane and he's inside of the plane and I'm strapped to him. And then... Yeah. Well, and then I'm watching the other plane and Amar does a backflip out of it. It's like the most extreme thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Him and his instructor like do like flips out of it. And then all of a sudden I, I jump out. And uh, again, it feels surreal when you jump, but then you look at the ground and you have the air in your face and you're flying. And it's like, this is unbelievable. It's actually unbelievable. So... I think it's your mind's way of getting you through the experience, honestly, when you're in the plane. Because I've been very calm both times, and I'm very afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. But both times that I've been in the plane about to go skydiving, honestly, I've been really pretty calm. Yeah. The difference with this time was actually that I had way more fun. Mm-hmm. I was way more relaxed. I had a lot of fun this time. And I did a backflip out of the plane. <laughs> a gainer. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane that you did a gainer. I wish I saw that. My guy, the guy who was, uh, I was strapped to was like, I'm going to make this one interesting for you. And I was like, well, I don't know if I need that, uh-huh. but sure, man, you're running the show here. <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, we've talked about this a couple of times, but like you're, you're free falling for 40 or 60 seconds and then they pull the shoot and it's like, and, and at that point, once they pull the shoot, you're like, okay, everything's cool. Like once yeah. the shoot goes out, you're like, all right, everything's cool. And you talk to your skydive person who you're strapped to. That's the funniest part of it mm-hmm. is that you're literally in Mission Impossible and then in a couple of seconds, you're in the waiting room at like the dentist. Right, you're like, yeah. so uh, what's up, man? Yeah. Uh, you do this a lot? <laughs> yeah, we, we had a lot of funny conversation. But then like you land on the ground and the adrenaline oh, is man. so intense and you hug each other and it's, it's awesome. Um, and after that, I just felt great. And so wh- From a self-doubt yeah, so perspective. To, to, to bring it all back, why I wanted to talk about this story in relation to that question is... The fear and the tension rises every minute until you get into the plane. Even when you're in the plane, like fear is still so kind of abundantly there inside of you. 
and and you have so much fear. You have a lot of discomfort. You're you're doubting everything. You're like, does literally? I look down at my strap and I'm like, is this actually going to hold me in? Am I going to fall out of this thing? Does this guy actually know what he's doing? Is he going to pull the chute? Like, is this plane? Does this, any of this make sense? And then the second you jump, it kind of all goes out out the window, and you don't you don't feel fear when you're actually in danger, which is when you are falling out of the sky. And then the parachute gets pulled and you land and you're like, that was amazing. I'm so happy I did that. And I relate that to putting out anything creatively. You typically like will start, you know, and be like, oh, this is an awesome idea, which is like skydiving. Oh yeah, this is a great idea. Let's all go skydiving. That sounds really fun. And then as you start to embark on the journey of creating it, you're like, uh, this, this doesn't make any sense. This is terrible. Um, and as time goes on, the tension and the fear rises of like, should I even be doing this? Why am I, why am I creating this thing? No one's going to like it. No one's going to appreciate it. It sucks. It's not unique. It's not cool. It's nothing that anyone would ever appreciate. And then you press publish or you show it to someone and they're like, wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah. And you kind of take a deep breath and you're like, oh yeah, that was really cool. The main point is focus on where the fun is in making the video, focus on where the value is to you. I went through this exact experience with the video we uploaded today. We went up and filmed a, a Q&A, just a classic YouTube video, we went on a hike, answered questions that you'd all sent us on Twitter and Instagram. And during it, I was doubting, is this a good video? Is this worth the time? And then editing it started to come together, it was looking okay, but then still I wasn't totally sure. Um, but then I tried to look at it a little bit differently and just understand that this is this was for fun and editing this is for fun and that even though that's not a super intricate video, it's not gonna stand for my best work ever, there's still a lot of value in this video that we put out today. And doesn't every doesn't like the feeling towards a video change when you press publish? Totally. We put it out and then people started saying, wow, this was so casual. This was awesome. And casual may have been interpreted by me a couple days ago as not intricate enough, not impressive enough. Right. But now you put it out and people will tell you why they liked it. That's the great thing about the internet. Yeah. And it's the difference between before you go skydiving, thinking this is the scariest, most terrifying, most dangerous thing, you know, I've ever done to landing and being like, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Same thing. The difference is like jumping. And for a video, the difference is, I think like... Difference is jumping and the chance of death. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm trying to relate these two things. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. I think just like take that, take that hypothetical, hypothetical? No. Theoretical? Metaphorical. Metaphorical. Take that metaphorical jump and put your work out or finish the thing you started. Do whatever it is that makes you commit. Makes you commit to the point where you're jumping out of an airplane. Um, And like actually commit to it and when you do that you you, only then can you actually experience the amazing part of being a creative and and maybe it does suck maybe it's not good but pressing publish is going to teach you something you Mm -hmm. know or showing it to someone is going to teach you something getting feedback is going to teach you something so i think to now come back and answer ray's question which was how do you kind of cope with subpar content you know how do you cope with feeling like you're not making anything good. Um, like, how do you cope with that? I think you just need to try and frame it every time you upload and every time you create as an opportunity 
to get better as an opportunity to find out more and more what you do like to do, where the value is and where you start to think less about the doubt in general. Because time after time of uploading and creating, you start to realize actually uh, what you like to do, what you like to spend time on, what you like to talk about, stylistically the choices you like to make, and your audience will be a part of that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are afraid of audiences. Like I think you create something and you look at it and you export it and you get very concerned about it because you're kind of afraid to show it to someone, right? Like you're like, what are people going to think of this thing? Like, do, is anyone going to care? Um, and that's a really scary part of the whole process. I think we're all very good at assuming the worst. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of a weird thing and you have to kind of keep that uh, in check because nothing's ever really as bad as your mind is able to tell you it is. Yeah. The, and, and if you talk to any creative, the, the number one thing I think to recognize in asking this question is that you're not alone. Every artist thinks this. Even at the top, every artist is, no, I don't, I can't imagine, maybe there are some people out there, but any creative artist, I can't imagine that from idea inception all the way through publish um, or publication or distribution or whatever, the whole time they're like, this is the best thing I've ever <laughs> it's made. It's the dopest thing yeah, I've ever Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, maybe like Kanye West or something, but like. Even Kanye, but maybe. But maybe. I don't know, someone who's like very narcissistic or like has a, has a good sized ego, but um Outside of that, like I think even some of the best creatives require feedback and people in the room to actually help them, you know, bring it to life. Yeah. Our, uh, one of our friends and illustrators, Stefan Kuntz, one of his taglines is create something today, even if it sucks. Yeah. And I definitely believe in that. I mean, even you, you don't want to fail. You don't want to feel like that. But I often think back to when I had to fill out or go through that test for the BuzzFeed program that we were in, mm -hmm. where we had 30 seconds to record answers for why we thought we could be a part of this specific program with BuzzFeed. And we had to explain our show, the breakdown to them. And I got super nervous. And in my opinion, I pretty much failed that test. And public speaking has always been something that's made me nervous. And this wasn't necessarily public speaking. We weren't in front of people, but it was the digital version of that. You had one opportunity. Once you press record, you only had 30 seconds to sort of explain yourself. When it was done, that was it. There were no redos. And I felt like I let ourselves down from a team perspective. I let myself down because I knew that this was going to be a challenge for me. And I tried to prep, but it just did not go the way that I anticipated or that I'd hoped for it to go. So even that experience after it was over and I had some time to reflect on it, I look at now as advantageous because I now know what it likes to be. I, I now know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in that situation. And so the next time it comes up, I can prep differently or I can just be more used to feeling that way and hopefully deal with it better than I, than I dealt with that time. I also think if you view, if you change your framing on failure, self-doubt becomes a lot more comfortable like if you it, like if you view okay i made this video and i personally think it kind of sucks but like i've committed to publishing videos like change your frame and be like i'm gonna press publish and i'm gonna do better the next time i'm gonna take whatever feedback like some, some people might say like dude 
that was kind of boring, but this part was awesome. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know people liked that part. And so I'll take that and expand upon that. I've been thinking about that with us being a little bit more consistent on YouTube is like, yeah, even if it's not the best video, what am I afraid of? What yeah. am I afraid of? Like, if people are like, dude, this sucks. It's like, okay, cool. Well, we make a video every week now, so just make a better one. Yeah, also, especially if it's just for fun and it's yeah. your platform, do whatever you want with it. Yeah, you know, like. for sure. So if you start to like take a deep breath and, and not fear failure, but look at um, feedback and look at reaction as something you could learn from on a consistent basis, self-doubt becomes a lot easier because it's like, what does it mean that it is it sucks? Like, I made it. I think it's yeah. cool. I, I obviously thought it was cool when I started making it. Uh, and if no one likes it, then okay, I'll do something different next time because... You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you I, just get comfortable with that. Obviously, I've, to, I've told you this lately too, though. I feel like sometimes we're not failing enough. Right. I you agree know, with that. I look back to uh, early days with the lacrosse network. We were uploading three videos a day. Definitely, we were failing at some of those, oh, yeah. you know, but it just didn't affect me that much. It was just, we have to do it. Like, upload, upload, yeah. upload, upload. And when you have that mentality, you just learn via that, that quantity of tries. What's the... Uh, Okay, we got, a, yeah, we got an ice cream truck. Are we going to pause for ice cream? No, I'm good, man. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. I don't need the sugar. I'm thinking, okay. Well, yeah. when you phrase it like that, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I need the sugar. Right, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was a okay. real Los Angeles What's the health what's, slam. What is the saying in tech that's like, if you don't, if you aren't embarrassed by mm. the first version of your product, product then you've launched too, too late. late. Yeah. I think that's such a good line that goes for video too. If you don't look back in a year and think and cringe at your videos, that means you like you waited too long to put them out. You didn't put out enough. Cause putting out stuff and then a year later being like, Ooh, that's not good. That means you've improved significantly. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're striving to do is make improvements. So I think that's another good way to think about self doubt is, okay, this might not be the best version, but until I make more and publish and move on, I'm never going to get to the best version of this. So just create, create, create. Um, try and reframe things so that self-doubt doesn't become such a factor, but also accept that it's a part of the process for everyone. Like it's, it's a part of the process. Totally. Like you look at your work and you're like, oh, I don't know what this is anymore. I've spent so much time with it. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, when we made Frozen Alive, the, the Yes Theory doc, I'd watched some of those scenes so many times that I I turned to Amar at one point when he was like, how do you feel about the movie? I was like, I don't know if it's good or bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. And to the point now where 4.5 million people have watched that thing, including some pretty serious, you know, people that I respect uh, in the world who have all given really good feedback. I mean, I was telling you, I was at a dinner in Austin, Texas, and someone recommended the movie to me. That's so cool. Because they were like, you, you, oh, you, you like documentaries? Uh, I saw this great doc about Wim Hof and these four guys who went to Poland. And it's like, dude, oh my God, I worked on that movie. And he was like, it was amazing. And I look back and I'm like, so much of that could have been better. Yeah, I still have self-doubt about it. I haven't watched it since it went up. Yeah. So, I mean, th th there's a you know great example. Like, I... Look at that. I had a ton of self-doubt around it. Um, we put it out. It was really well-received, but I know now because we published it, A, I have more comfort in doing something like that, and B, I know what to change on the next one. And that's so important. So, Ray, put out content. Just put out more. Feel free to send it our way, too. A lot of times when people have doubt, I think it was the, the fencer from last week 
um, Calais was his name? I think so, yeah. He was telling us he was making vlogs and like they weren't that interesting. And then we watched one of his videos. It was like a movie. It was incredible. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was so cool. It was visually amazing. It was so interesting. And he's committing to putting out content. He's just going to get better and better. Yeah. I, I would say, too, uh, uh, one piece of advice would be to dial in on what would make that video or that creation a success for you. It's a similar practice to you know, what we do in journaling sometimes where we'll say, you know, this day will be successful if I accomplish X, yeah. Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And especially for a video, I mean, this video we put out today on YouTube, very simple, just a Q&A, but something that I've wanted for our videos is for us to feel more authentic, to have it be more casual, to feel like you're just in the room with us because that's some of the feedback that we've gotten uh, mm -hmm. from people lately is that they don't feel like they necessarily know us as much and we are honestly very used to just being hosts instead of necessarily sometimes YouTubers on camera giving that, that give and take. Right. The podcast is so much more open. Mm -hmm. So for that video, what I dialed in on was I just want this to be casual, less jump cuts, and make people feel like they're just the third friend on the hike with us. And some yeah. of the comments, that, that was success for me in that instance. And I think when that's success, and not necessarily how beautiful every shot is, mm -hmm. how great your audio is, it makes it easier uh, to sort of quiet the self-doubt mm -hmm. and just focus in on one thing that you want to improve on. Also, like, I knew when you sent me that cut, I was like, oh, there's going to be a good amount of people who don't like this. There's going to be a ton yeah. of people who unsubscribe. There's going to be a lot of people who dislike it. There's going to be a lot of people who are like, what do these guys make videos about? <laughs> but I watched it and I was like, oh, I like this. I this like is it. fun. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. I'm glad we did this. So I also wanted to talk about some other times. Again, like, you know, one thing about self-doubt that I think is really important is that we as a creative community start to normalize it. Um, you know, I think not making sure that we're not just talking about the finished product, but talking about the journey to get there and how much doubt is included in that. Because I think any young budding creator right now, like might get to a point where they have self-doubt and might not know that it's normal. It's so normal have self it's part of being a creator like if you sign up for being a creator that comes with it that comes in the package it comes uh, with putting yourself out there yeah whether it's so, creating a video or a social situation anything so uh, to, to to kind of better normalize it and talk about instances where we've experienced self-doubt i wanted to talk about the story that that um, we mentioned before we started the podcast which is when we were in new york and we were asked to give a talk at google and i thought yeah. you could probably tell that story um and talk about the doubt that was uh, involved in that. Yeah, so again, this is a public speaking situation, but this was, when was this, Samir, 2014? No, 2015 or 16, maybe. 2015 or 16, our parent company for the Lacrosse Network had a meeting with the Google sales team, and we were asked by our company to fly out to New York and speak to the Google sales team and give a creator's perspective on what it's like to work with brands. It was cool. They flew us out just for that, which was really, really exciting, exciting opportunity. And we got to New York. We, I remember we stayed up really late putting together a presentation. And we decided to sort of tell our entire origin story and present ourselves to the Google sales team and just introduce ourselves first before we got into like the, the brand perspective. Stayed up all, really late putting the deck together. We ate a meal at a restaurant that kind of made us feel sick. Mm, yeah, Chinese food in New York. It was, it was borderline food poisoning. food poisoning of some yeah. sort mixed with a lot of nerves that I had. 
Next morning, wake up before the talk. I'm still really nervous and feeling pretty crappy. We get in the taxi to head over to this talk at Google, and I'm feeling really nervous. Then we walk into the room at Google where we're giving this talk, and I thought it was going to be maybe eight to 10 employees from Google in a small room. This was the longest room with the longest table I have still ever seen in my life. And it was a table that fit about 80 people, right? Mm-hmm. And it was packed. There were people standing in the back of the room. Yeah, so it's probably around 100 people in the room. Yeah, roughly 100 people in the room. I am sweating terribly. I've barely had anything to eat. Samir and I are sitting alongside as one of the executives from our company is starting the meeting and giving a sort of an introductory talk. And I could tell it was a tough room. It was going a little bit slow. And I look over at Samir, and he's got his headphones in, and he is rocking out like he is front stage at a concert to what I now know was an Odessa song. And he can tell that I'm nervous. He's just looking straight forward, and he turns slowly, looks to me, and goes, just effing entertain. Like, while the meeting is happening, just drops an F-bomb as if, like, <laughs> like no one else is in the room yeah. staring at me. And I think from that moment, too, I, I calmed down a bit and looked at it less. I was thinking less immediately about all of the information I wanted to make sure I delivered correctly, but more so about being the best version of myself and being loud and trying to be like funny and just have a good presence because this is a lot of people and I've never done anything like this before. And the way we had split up the talk, you were going to speak and then I was going to speak. And I've just never really had that much experience speaking in front of that many people. You're definitely much more of a natural presenter. And it ended up honestly actually going pretty well. Really well. Really well. Really well. Um, That was actually one of the first times that I thought that you and I as a team could have some uh, future like outside of just the lacrosse space because I was surprised. I was like, oh, all right, we have an ability to get up in front of people. And we really had that audience going. Yeah, and I think it's it's a lot of the way that we won a lot of pitches too, and won a lot of business is because we we could do it. I would say um, just to so, so hold on, let me ask you a question. What did you learn about self doubt? I guess again that you don't you are afraid of things before they've actually been in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So I was similar to skydiving, terrified, leading up to that moment. But until you actually go through the moment you there are so many factors you can't control you know the fact that like the room was maybe a little bit stale and then you got up first and delivered a pretty good i forget what the line was but you gave yeah. some joke right away I and made you the broke laugh. the tension yeah. and you made everyone yeah. laugh so we had 85 people all of a sudden laughing in this room and that right there is something that i could not have conjured up or expected that there was going to be some initial tension that you were going to be able to break it so just, you know, you also set up our story and allowed me to come in and pick up at a place where I, you know, it was my authentic story for how we came to meet and work together. So there were just so many other factors that made it actually easier for me to tell my story and deliver that talk in front of those people that, you know, until I'm actually there, I could not have really expected. 
So I think that brings up a, a good point. One of the, one of the most clear answers to self-doubt is feedback. Um, and feedback could come in many different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're calling someone in or sending them your video to watch it. It's just literally once the thing receives uh, counter force, uh, that's typically when you start to acknowledge like what it, what the reality of it is because it's a lot of it happens in your mind. And a lot of it is based in not reality. And I think about that a lot. We made a video when we first started our YouTube channel called How to Launch a Startup. We talked a lot about skateboarding in it where, you know, you don't know how it feels. Like you have all these visions of uh, in skateboarding of doing a certain trick uh, or jumping off some really high point. But until you jump off of it and land with your feet, you have no idea how that feels. And so the fear of it or the anticipation of it builds in your mind to a point that's very significant. Same with skydiving, because you don't really know how any of it feels or you guys like don't know what's gonna happen. The unknown is incredibly scary. And I think it's the same with your creations. If you make something or if you're gonna give a talk and you don't know how people are gonna react, super scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, my only narrative going into that talk at Google was that I was gonna mess it up. Right, right. I did not spend any time thinking that I would actually be a contributing factor to it and help it mm-hmm. and that people would respond well. So again, I think that's why people have, like if you look at musicians, a lot of them have producers in the room while they're writing their album. And like if you watch, we just watched this scene from Ed Sheeran and uh, his, his documentary called Songwriter where he's writing the song Love Yourself in the back of his tour bus uh, and Benny Blanco, who's a producer, is sitting right there with them. Now, Benny Blanco is not playing the guitar. Benny Blanco is not writing the lyrics. Benny Blanco is just reacting to Ed Sheeran's doubt or mm-hmm. his ideas. Ed Sheeran is saying something and Benny Blanco's like, uh, no, nah, I don't really like that. Or Ed Sheeran's like confused about what to write about. And he's like, well, write about that. Write about like the not knowing what to write about. And there's a line that Ed Sheeran says, like, I didn't want to write a song, but I did. he like talks about like oh, not wanting. So they're looking for inspiration. Right. And Benny Blanco asks Ed Sheeran, is there anything happening in your life with relationships you want to talk about? And Ed goes, I don't, I just don't want to talk about it. And then Benny Blanco goes, well, why don't you talk about that? Not wanting to talk about it. And that's one of the marquee lines in that song. So that process of like at the top level of art, I think everyone has feedback or a partner or someone with them. It's a lot harder to do it alone. So if you are a solo artist, getting feedback from someone is so important or, or putting publishing it and asking your audience for feedback is so important. Like, yeah. You just don't know what it's like until you have some reaction to it. That's it. And that's with everything. Whether you want to give a talk, if you're really nervous about a talk, like run it one time in front of someone, you know, like just run it one time, run it on camera. If you don't have anyone there with you, watch it back, write it down, write down your fears about it. Like just get it out. Get it out. Everything that stays within is going to just build into fear Mm -hmm. for sure. Just get it out. I think journaling is a great way to get feedback for your ideas because you write them down and you, you, then you look at them and you're like, whoa, those are my thoughts. You know, like you're giving yourself feedback, but you're like, huh, those are my thoughts. Like you, you, other, if they just exist inside your mind, you have an amazing imagination that can go in so many different ways. Typically it goes in the way of negativity, especially as an artist, I think. So with a lot of our work, like if you make something, you know, if you're sitting alone for 10 hours working on a video, like you're not going to know what it is. Yeah, there's so much value in having someone that will give you real feedback. I always love when uh, 
Jack Coyne will send us his videos before they come out. Mm-hmm. I love watching them and giving feedback. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's super fun. And I, I like having that relationship with other people as well for a lot of our work. Um, it's a great, it's a great thing to do. And if you have any sort of creative community around you, um, just utilize them for feedback, you know, and talk more, talk about the concept of self-doubt. So, yeah, with the, uh, with the concept of the, the Google talk, by the way, um, I think that for me, you know, just looking back at that, one thing that has allowed me, I, I don't have that much self-doubt when it comes to performing mm-hmm. or even being on a podcast or anything like that. Um, I, I have a lot of confidence in like my ability to just improvise, but that creates a very strong lack of preparation yeah. You know, on my side, because I have so much confidence, I think I could use some of that self-doubt to say, hey, I should I should prepare. But I think that's why you and I work well together is because you're more, uh, you care more about the preparation. Um, you know, right now we're going into a production that's probably our largest responsibility from a production standpoint we've ever had. Yeah. It's very significant. Um, it requires a lot, a lot of preparation and pre-production. Um, and a lot of hyper focus before we even get there. I have a lot of confidence in improvising once we're there, but I try and go over the top with pre-production and, and preparation um, because then it allows you to improvise a lot better. Yeah. So I would say the only times we've really failed have been when we have underestimated how much preparation we need. Yeah, for sure. And then sometimes when we'll get I'm trying to, th- I don't know if I have a specific example, but I, I would just say this is, the, I always make sports references. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me make a ton of sports references, but uh, before your big event, play as much offense as you can. Every minute should be offense because the second your event happens, a production, a speech, uh, you know, putting out a video, even whatever it is, you're immediately playing defense. So don't be on the defensive beforehand. And I think self-doubt is being on the defensive. Like, be on the offensive. Just start mitigating all those concerns immediately from the minute you have the project or the idea or whatever. Just go as hard as you can every minute. Because once it happens, you're just playing defense. That's a good point. Be on the offensive while there's nothing to actually be afraid of. Yeah, for sure. So, like, just... And that might mean, like, mentally preparing yourself. So, for example, like... We're going to go into this crazy production for two weeks where we're not going to sleep, okay? Get as much sleep as you can now. Develop healthy habits right now. Get mm-hmm. hydrated. Like, I'm even thinking about, I was talking to Katie this week um, about it. Like, for our crew, I, I mentioned in an email to you, but, like, welcoming um, gifts. Like, I actually want to buy these liquid IV packets that are, like, hydration packets because we're going to be in Florida producing. Yeah. Um, I want to get sunscreen and hats for them so that they feel like we are incredibly prepared for everything before the production starts. And it just brings a vibe to everyone. Even the way we're dealing with our crew is very, like, there will not be any doubt. Yeah. When we land, everyone will know everything. Yeah, we, we even made a decision, what was it, yesterday, to make sure that Samir and I arrive first before anyone else right. from our crew arrives and we're now going to fly out a day early because originally the flights we had they were right. going to it was going to put us on the ground in florida six hours after right, our right. crew which we wanted to make sure that uh, we could feel confident and comfortable and that you know prepared and early so that that exudes you know through to our crew so don't don't leave any room for doubt just don't do it um, obviously if you're creating alone it's just like a thing that you just want to make and you're putting it out there's going to be self-doubt. The best advice I can give you is um, make sure that you understand that it's normal and then seek feedback. 
Also, a friend of mine said, if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. Hmm. Yeah. Something like that. That's true. I just got it. We just got to hate comments. That's why I thought of that. We or you? Me. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's clarify that. I don't, yeah. I don't get much hate. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> what does it say? It says, I love your videos, but Colin, that hat is effing stupid. Mm. You know what? I like this hat. Yeah. I don't care. That's good for you, man. Yeah, I have more personal yeah. conviction, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, we wanted to give you guys an update on last week, um, the, the skydiving episode, which is always a fun thing to do. Um, but it's, it, it was such an unbelievable experience. The rest of the 25th birthday for Amar was amazing. Um, we did, like, breath work. It was, like, such an evolved 25th birthday. I met, like, a ton of interesting yeah. people. It was amazing. Amar had the um, birthday at 25 that all have at 45. Yes, for sure. With that, without the skydiving, though. Uh, so that was amazing. Um, the, you know, questions that we're getting from anchor, we just played one of them, but we're getting a ton of these audio messages and Colin and I just sat and listened to all of them. It's so cool. So, so just know if you do send us a message, we are listening to it. I think there's a way that we can just respond without, you know, putting it on the air. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll figure out how to do that. But if you are interested in, um, sending in a voice message, having us incorporated on the podcast, use the anchor app. That's the way that you send those voice messages to us. It's so fun to hear your guys' questions. Ray, thank you so much for your question this week. It kind of inspired the whole premise of this podcast. And um, if you haven't seen our latest YouTube video, go check that out. It's on YouTube. It's Q&A that we did. Again, something that you can see. Like, hey, we had self-doubt putting that out. That's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Every single YouTube video you've ever watched from us, we've doubted. True. Every single one. I don't think there's one we've been like, that's it. From like start to finish. Every single one has some level of some doubt level, yeah. inside of it. When it comes to lacrosse documentaries, though, much less doubt. That's true. Definitely still there. That's true. But sometimes I'll look at some of the lacrosse documentaries we've made, and I'm like, that's fire. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a little uh, foreshadowing for yes. what's to come over the next two weeks, something very exciting for us. Um, so make sure to stay tuned to all of our platforms. Check us out on Twitter. Um, follow us across every platform you could possibly follow us on subscribe to our podcast um, and review us review us on itunes review us on spotify and send us a voice message on anchor lastly we haven't done a guest on this podcast in a while so i really want to get some ideas from you guys around guests colin and i have developed a list of the different guests that we want on this podcast but want to get back into doing maybe like a season quote unquote of guests or a grouping of guests that we can have on air and i want to know like the top six for you guys you can tweet those at us um who are the top six guests that you think we should connect with and for all those game of thrones viewers out there enjoy the episode on sunday and if you want to tweet me about it send me your thoughts at colin rosenblum that's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. Hopefully that conversation was helpful to anyone who deals with self-doubt. If you have any more questions or want to share something that you created with us, feel free to tweet at us at Colin and Samir. Also, thanks for that question, Ray. I think you mentioned you're from Tennessee, but if you're from Nashville or anyone out there is listening from Nashville, I need some recommendations there. I'm actually going in a couple weeks. Don't forget to tweet at us with guest recommendations. We want a list of guests that we're going to interview for some of the episodes coming up this summer. All right, make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Review us, send us a voice message on Anchor, check out our latest YouTube video, and we'll be back here next week with another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. 